All right, Mitch and his dad podcast episode thirty three. I Mitch, and with me as always is my dad. How are you? You sure it's not thirty four? It seemed like it was thirty three last time. Yeah, I didn't use that episode. Oh, okay. I felt like a little bit too angry, so I thought, yeah, I don't want to bore people to death. Oh, okay. Well, that's yeah. good. You didn't lose anything not using that. Yeah, that's what I figured. I wanted to mention, uh, you know, every now and then, with all the dadgum movies that you have on your cable now, with this U-verse thing, I mean, it's thousands of movies on the on-demand and all that stuff. Yeah. And every now and then, I would say probably once a month around the time that I get my U-verse, U-guide thing in the mail and all that, mm-hmm. I usually go through... All the different things, because I have the full package. It's called the 450. I have all the HBO, all Showtime, all Encore, all Stars, Movie Channel, Showtime, you know, the whole, I have everything you can get in the way of movies. So I go through the whole thing <laughs> once a month to see if there's something I want to see. Now, always, now is this, a, this is a guide on the screen, or? Yeah, it's a guide on the screen. Yeah, they change it, that it, weekly on my on, end. On-demand guide. You yeah, go to they, on- yeah, on mine, they change it, like, every week. Well, they probably do, but I I only look at it once a month. Probably, I mean, it's too much, probably for the best, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's too much trouble for me to do. I don't like doing it, but I do it anyway. Yeah. And what I'm looking for, usually... Because that takes considerable time because I have to click the movie and then they give you, you know, a little synopsis and all that. What I'm really looking for is an older movie, meaning something like older than 1990, that might have somebody in it that I like to watch and I don't know what the movie's going to be about. This movie, I can't believe I never have seen it before because this is the kind of movie I would have seen. It was made in 1995. And it's called. Uh, Please be something I've seen. Please be something I've seen. Something of the Dragon. Day of the Dragon. Year of the Dragon. Okay, not something I've seen. 1985, Mickey Rock. And I'm telling you, that was a good movie. I mean, it was nonstop. <laughs> Yeah, no, I didn't even hear about that one. Check it out. Year of the Dragon, 1995. I was thinking there was a dragon. Oh, there's been a whole bunch of dragons. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, there was specifically a dragon movie around that year, I think, in fact. Because I worked at a movie theater uh, around that time. I think even in that year. And... uh, we had a movie you were old enough to be working in a movie theater in 1985. Oh, 85. I think you said 95. No, 85. Oh, I heard 95. My bad. Okay, no, no. I thought you said 95. Okay. Well, the Dragon. I'm telling you. Well, that would be it, why I didn't see it then. I would have been seven. Would you and didn't check care. it out on on demand? That you must have on demand of some sort. Yeah, I've only got HBO and Showtime. I don't need the rest of them. I, I barely have time to watch. I mean, I, I watch almost no TV. It's something I'm realizing. Well, this was on Encore. I don't have that, yeah. Okay. Then the second thing in the movie category, did I ever tell you the name of the De Niro movie that I saw the world premiere of and got to meet Robert De Niro? Yeah, and I finally did see that movie about three what months ago. What just happened? Yeah, yeah. 
What did you think of that movie? Yeah, the it, movie about movies. It was. Uh, it was. I mean, there were some parts I liked. Um, I think we had this discussion because the there was the guy in it, the 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 uh, <laughs> emotional French director. I had. Yeah. I told you I had dinner with him on Oscar night a few years ago. Michael. Uh, did tell me that. Yeah, so I think we've had. We must have talked about this way back in the beginning. No, we would have talked about this no less than two months ago. Really? Yeah, because okay. I didn't see it. That I mean, I know it was in this apartment. Oh, okay. And uh, it was pretty well, you know, recent. My memory, so. my memory, you know, was real good in 1985. <laughs> Activity in 2011 is like a blur. I understand. I'm the same way. I mean, it's just not uh, not there. Now, I did see a new movie playing at my favorite theater, The Angelica. French. French movie. It's called Queen to Play. Okay. That is a chess term, and it it did have a chess sort of motif to it, although it was certainly not about chess, although it was, you know, chess things going on. But the French just know how to make movies. I got to tell you, I, I, I have seen probably two dozen French movies recently in the last 12 months, and not one was a bad movie. I mean, they just know how to make movies. That's all there is to it. Did we talk about that new Woody Allen film? I know you went to go see it, and you were probably there first night. Uh I've heard like uh, not very good reviews no, about it. I, Paris, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't hear very good reviews about it, but uh, you know what? I don't think Woody is ever going to get any kind of good reviews now that he's not in the movie. Because what happens is he pl- somebody in the movie is playing his part. Yeah, you know what? I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And he even he even talks like Woody. He's the same lingo as Woody, the same stuttering as Woody. Yeah. And I think that takes away from the movie myself. In other words, he needs to have a movie where he's he's either in the movie or he's not in the movie. I think you got to do an Alfred Hitchcock thing where he kind of shows up in the background or something. But yeah. he needs to have a movie where he's not in the movie. The reason you're probably not going to see that is I think that's the formula of his thinking of making movies, you know, because he was so successful making them where he played in the movie. Yeah. I mean, he really didn't make any terrible movies where he was the, the character. But the movies since then have just not been well done. Now, this movie, the photography and the music and the acting was just excellent. And, you know, like, at, what was it called? The Christina movie uh, a couple of years ago. He made that movie with the singing and everything. I'm sorry. I, that don't, was good I don't really it. keep up on Woody Allen. So Yeah, it was good. See, you know, they had good scenery. And they, had to, they always got beautiful women in the movies. But it's just something missing. And I think that's what it is, is that you're – the character is playing Woody Allen, and you just can't. Nobody can play Woody Allen. I mean, you know, it's ridiculous. But that's what—that's the way it yeah. is. I mean, even talk like him, you know. Well, I mean, I think that 
it seems to me from all the various interviews I've seen with different directors or screenwriters, I should say, or, or even knowing screenwriters, things like that, it seems to me whenever somebody has, you know, a script like that, uh, and they're writing a script, there's always somebody in there that's them, that's, that's closest to them, I should say. Yeah. And I feel like the best screenwriters, seems to me, they spread themselves out over four or five different characters. But so often what happens is there's one character that's them, and then three or four other people that are also, you know, play major roles in the film that are um, sort of blown up aspects of them, sort of, a, you know, a heightened sense of them. You know, it's like, well, this guy represents the, you know, my sad days and this person is my, you know what I mean? To where they become, that character becomes their own emotion and they're not multifaceted. They're one dimensional characters. Yeah. That's what I think you, you see is is a lot of that kind of stuff. But I think that if you can make everybody multidimensional and just put pieces of yourself in all of them, then I think that that's when you got something really strong. And I think maybe Woody Allen's earlier films, because he was actually in them, he didn't have to worry about putting... I hate to, t you know, I hate to tell you this, but you're breaking up. No, okay. Um I wonder if I hate to tell you, but breaking st up, still breaking up, still can't. Yeah, hear me. check, check. We're breaking up. Let me turn off my screen. See if it'll help. All right. All right. See what happens. Go ahead. All right. Uh, so I'm thinking maybe that's what it was in Woody Allen's earlier films because he was actually in the movie. Maybe he didn't worry so much about getting his voice in there because he could always ad lib or he could you know, do it with emotions of the way that he spoke and he could sort of build out the other characters more. Whereas now I think he's so focused on making that character him that he doesn't put as much work into the other characters. And so, you know what I'm saying? Where it sort of becomes yeah. like you focus on that character too much now because that's what he did. I, I think know. that, I think that's a possibility, but I, I, I mean, I don't miss one of his movies because I don't try to uh, judge it by some review, of which usually are not very favorable prior mm. to seeing the movie. It's just if he has if a movie, I'm going to go see it. That's just the way it is. But there's no doubt that the movies of the, the crimes and misdemeanors and Hannah and her sisters and Manhattan and all those movies, you know, he hasn't made anything that's even close to those movies. Yeah. Not even close. Husbands and Wives, a tremendous movie. And you know he's just uh, he he just he, he's just making these movies. And I, I his last six movies have been made in Europe. It's the sixth one in a row that he's made in Europe. And the reason is because the people in Europe are like I am. If Woody makes a movie, they go see it. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's kind of like the Jerry Lewis guy of the movies over there. You know, they the French people think he's like a genius artist and all that. Because I probably look at him that way myself. Well, but, it's, it's interesting because it's a it's a flip from it's it's actually oddly enough it seems the polar opposite of uh, how England is uh, I don't know about is but certainly was towards say Stanley Kubrick, uh -huh. who himself was you know British but. 
his movies were edited strangely for for uh, England. Uh, they didn't really care. You no, know, I don't him. think Stan. I don't think Stanley Kubrick was English. He lived in London, but I don't think he. I don't think he was English. I swore he was. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I, think I can't think of an actual interview I've seen with him. So, well, it seems like they did the thing after he died, where they showed you, you know, uh, China Classic Movies did a two-hour thing that they replay every now and then, and it seemed like they showed you uh, his hometown or something. I don't remember now, but I remember thinking that I was surprised that he wasn't. And of course, when you hear him talk, he's obviously didn't have any kind of accent. So. Yeah, I don't, I think, can't he, I don't think he was actually born in okay. England, but that's where he lived. I mean, that's where he's had his biggest. Yeah. See, I don't. I don't know. I can't actually think of any time. I, I'm not sure. Time. I'm not a hundred percent sure of that. But it seems my memory of that show I saw was that he was not from England. Did you ever see that movie with John Malkovich about um, where he played a character? of a guy who pretended to be Stanley Kubrick in England. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I guess that's I like what I'm saying. John Malkovich, by the way. I think he's really a great actor. Yeah, it's hard not to like him. He, uh, he's something else. So, I mean, he, if, if you're <laughs> able to, in your own home country, and certainly, I mean, England's so small, if you're able to go around telling people that you're Stanley Kubrick when you're clearly not, <laughs> Looked nothing at all like him. Didn't I mean? No. Three hundred pounds lighter, no beard. Uh, ha- ha- let's say Stanley Cooper didn't have a British accent, and this guy did. Um, was uh, flamboyant. Uh, all these various it was things. Great. It was a great premise for a movie, though. If you think it's about it, it's a real. It's a real story. It's a true story. Is it really? Yeah, it's a true story. I remember reading the true story years before that movie came out, and I thought, how did this ever happen? It was uh, it's like a piece in, I, I don't know, I want to say like Wired or something, it was maybe Rolling Stone. It was a piece that a guy had written this, this very lengthy article, expose, if you will, about this strange character that did that, strange yeah. person who did that. And... um after that article, I think somebody was like, that is a fascinating story and decided to make a movie about it. So I, I was excited to see the movie just because I'd read the article. But yeah. yeah, it's a true story. And that's yeah, why that was... I thought, you know, it's interesting. You, How could that happen that, like, Stanley, <laughs> that you could pretend to be Stanley Kubrick, of all people, and get away with it? And I think that's what I'm saying is I, I think England didn't accept him the same way that we did. So it's sort of a flop of, if you will, of Woody Allen. <laughs> it's like the polar opposite because everybody over here loves Kubrick, but over there, yeah. I don't know. Maybe they do love him now, but at the time they didn't. They were seemed indifferent. And clearly, yeah. if you're able to sit like you know, there's a part where the guy where where the character John Malkovich as Kubrick, quote unquote, sits down with like a a movie reviewer of all things, <laughs> you know, and his wife and everything. And, and you're thinking like, how do how did you pull that off? But that, that happened all the time. People would like give him, like let him stay in their summer home for, you know, over the summer, obviously, uh, you know, things like that. They would just, just give him things. You know, it was an interesting movie that Malkovich played in with, uh, Oh, I never can remember this guy's name. He's clear as day in my mind. He's a real slick-looking, thin. 
guy. He's very strange Cusack. looking guy. John Cusack? No, no, he's not strange. No, looking. not John Cusack. Um, I would say the same generation as him, probably. Ooh, yeah. I never remember his name, but anyway, it's the movie where, um, not Ben Affleck, but his partner. What's the other guy's name? Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Matt Damon. It's Matt Damon. Oh yeah, yeah. Burn after reading. Burn after reading? Yeah, I think that was the what? one. Just no, the wait, one no. where he, no. he 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 like idolizes this guy, and the guy the guy's got a lot of money, and he he kind of the guy kind of lets him stay with him. He's in like cons at the con film festival, and he's in Paris, okay, and he's just no, got no. a lot of money, and 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 Matt Damon is just kind of tags along with him, but. I don't know whether I should tell you what happens, but there's a change of identity in the movie. And John Malkovich is in the movie. Okay. This is that, wait, is this the one, uh, uh, oh, what, oh, uh, talented, that, talented Mr. Ripley? Yes. Talented that's Mr. it. Yeah. Okay. I did see that. Yeah. Yeah. There was a, Malkovich plays a real strange part in there. I think he's kind of like, uh, he, he knows who the real Mr. Ripley is. Yeah. And he knows this guy isn't him, if you remember how, how that worked out. I mean, I remember that there were three movies around. I think I've mentioned this before. There was three movies around that same year that all had this. Yes, that's true. There was Felicia's Journey, The Minus Man, and Talented Mr. Ripley. And all of them were about these sociopathic uh people who had like severe mental disorders or something like that and they were they were manipulative and or killers but you never saw them actually be that way on screen and nothing ever happened you just sort of got the impression things happened and yeah. uh, minus man was with Owen Wilson so you know yeah you can't really show Owen that. Wilson going crazy or doing anything that requires excitement so he was just like, well, I, you know, he was in this Woody movie, this new Woody movie. That's what I heard. That seems weird to me that he, he was the, he was Woody. He was the, he played the Woody part. Yeah. Yeah. I just, and, I'm, in my head, I'm thinking that would be very awkward to see. Yeah, it was. He, he was so, he tried so hard to be Woody with mannerisms, voice, everything. Yeah. Owen Wilson. I never really understood how Owen Wilson became like a main character because he works great as like a character actor or you throw him as as a bit part or something like that and he, well, he they shines big here, they big heroes here because they went to school here and they're born here in dallas the brothers mm. wilson brothers you know they always talk about what they used to do at high school and all that stuff now see luke wilson is a better actor and Luke Wilson, I can buy in just about any role because he's very common and everything else. But... Well, he, he plays more serious roles, though, don't you think? Yeah, Luke? I think so. Yeah, because I think because it's he. I think because it's, he's a better actor. Yeah, he probably yeah. is. Yeah. I, I think that uh, I don't know. Owen Wilson is always whenever I've seen him do, you know, character acting or a bit part in something. He's really funny. He's really good. But whenever it's like Owen Wilson is the blank. I'm just like, ugh. And it's always crap. It's just always. He's just <laughs> How about not a the John not a Malkovich movie about the expensive little statue that the maid steals. He's with this. If you haven't seen that, that's a good little movie. 
It's called the object of something, the object of affection or the object. Huh. No, I never heard of that one. Object something. If you look it up under John Malkovich, it's he and uh, what's that girl's name? She's real classy looking, dark haired girl, skinny, tall. (laughs) That fits a lot of them, boy. Like uh, uh, Jenny, what's the name of the, the girl? She does all the commercials with the dark hair, tall and skinny. (laughs) <laughs> you don't know okay such a wonderful description she plays in a lot of different yeah, movies yeah. i know you things. hate it the thing is every time you we talk about movies and you can't remember somebody i go to look it up and then you then you give me crap and you go there he goes looking it up on the internet but i have to do that because otherwise we're gonna sit here and i'll have no idea who you're talking about i don't know who it is you gotta look it up i'm gonna look it up the object of something uh, probably a '90s music movie. Probably. All right, let's see here. Portrait what? of a lady. I'm just I was uh, of myself. Uh, my tongue. I can picture her explicitly. Um, shadows and fog. Death. That's of a Woody song. movie. Yeah. Um. Oh, you're looking up Woody. No, I'm looking up John Malkovich. He wasn't in Shadows and Fog. S- says here he was. Really? He played the clown, probably a bit. Okay, you didn't even know. Okay. Heart of Darkness? No, that would have been a uh, TV movie. Object. The first word is object. Okay, let me look up object. The object of beauty. There you go. Uh, And the girl was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Andy McDowell. That's it. That's she's, the movie. Uh, you must go and rent that movie from Netflix or something because that is a good movie right, right there. Without clicking, I'm trying to remember. She's there's a movie I've seen a billion times with her in it, and I can't think of it. It's an early. It's like because she was big like in the late '80s, but then she sort of disappeared. I'm trying to remember what the movie was. It's killing me. That's the one where the guy uh, with uh, Sex Lies and Videotape. That's I one. I think that's the one I'm thinking. Yeah, of. that's the one that made her famous. Oh, and uh, yeah, yeah. I'm looking now at her thing, and actually, she was also in Multiplicity, which I think three people saw. And uh, I worked in a movie theater at the time that came out, so that's when uh, that's how I saw it. <laughs> Sex Lives and Videotapes was a really, really good movie. That was a good movie. But you yeah. got to check the, the object of what is it? The object of object of beauty. Of beauty, you got to check that out. I mean, that movie, Malkovich. He is so perfect for the part that he played in that movie. I mean, it was. Yeah. It's two people that are just living on, on the high of life. You know, they, 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 they. And, and this horrible thing happens to them, and you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, it's just it's really good. Yeah. You know, actually, it reminds me of uh, just now because I looked up Sex Lies and Videotape. Uh, James Spader. Yeah, he was a big star in that That guy movie. was, uh, I mean, it's it seems like every movie he was in. He's a in, TV guy now. Yeah, yeah. It seems like every movie he was in, in the, like, 80s-ish, they were all these weird psychosexual dramas. Like, um, Dream Lover, did you ever see Dream Lover? Yeah, oh yeah. Dream Lover screwed me up. <laughs> was... Well, here's the thing about him. He actually, to me, is a kickback to the olden days of the... Pretty actors. Okay. I mean, he's a pretty guy. He looks like Robert Taylor, those kind of guys, you know, from back in the 50s. Yeah. That's yeah, why yeah. he's got that, you know, he's real pretty. But do yeah. you know that he's actually very short? 
I assumed as much. I read a thing in Vanity Fair about him. He wears elevator shoes, and they do all kinds of shots to make him seem taller. He's he's like five six. Yeah. He's really. I mean, that's really short. I mean, it's not Prince short, but yeah, it's short. Oh, that's short for a man five six. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely short. I've just. I, that's you like know. five inches under the normal. <laughs> no, no, that's like three inches under the normal. The normal's like five eleven, isn't it? No, it's like five nine, five ten. Well, that makes me a freak, then. Yeah, see, there you go. We're both <laughs> above the average. You're which I love quite a bit a further of, uh, up there, but uh, still. Yeah. Right, so you write these movies down. You got the object of beauty, the year of the dragon. <laughs> you need to write these down. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll make a note. It's I don't uh, see the thing is like you'll make a I've note. I've been having this problem lately where I'm like, there's times where I just need to remember something real quick, and I and I go, how am I going to remember this? And I end up just making a voice note. And uh, since we're doing a, I don't some... need to. I have it on the podcast here. So I'll oh, be... okay. You can look it up on the podcast. Yeah, okay. I'll be like, hey. You know, <laughs> we'll tag it. And then I can He'll look it up <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's, uh, yeah, James Spader. I, 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 really, I always liked that guy, but he, he sort of – I mean, I, yeah, I understand he's what, was West Wing or something, right? Something like that. Yeah, one of those. I've never seen it, but I know he's on something. I saw a clip of it once. It was a weird. Got nominated for an Emmy and all that. Yeah, because they they were at the time of making the show, and that's probably why I saw the clip. The time of making the show, there was a lot of like injecting the political atmosphere into the way that that show ran, even though it was a was not based in any way on reality. There weren't real people. You know, I mean, it was a totally fictional universe. But they would like inject situations into their sort of heavy-handed yeah. political stuff, and I, that's how I saw a clip of James Spader in a courtroom giving some lengthy speech about yeah. some girl not paying her taxes, and he was saying she was a conscientious objector, basically. Well, and, you know, he played yeah. in Wall Street. That's one of those ones I saw. I saw five minutes of it. In the sixth grade, oddly Well, he enough. was in it for about five minutes. Well, they the only reason I saw even five minutes of it, and I think what made me never see it, uh, was just because there was a financial advisor guy or something like that who came into our classroom to talk about finances or something like that. Um, career day, I guess. And he was talking about the stock market and things like this, and he asked if we'd ever seen Wall Street. And, of course, not a single hand went up. And he said, well, there's a famous scene in Wall Street uh, about inside trading. He's like, it's very illegal, but let me just show you the scene so you understand. What Why it's... would he pick out that to talk about Wall Street? You know, talk about stocks and investing. He picks out inside of trading. Well, he, was trying terrible... to say, he was basically trying to say, like, don't ever do that. It's illegal. Oh, jeez. <laughs> And so he decided... What an awful presentation. (laughs) How come you didn't have him call your dad up that would know these questions about the uh, stock market? Uh, Because you thought your dad was a golfer. Because you were 3,000 miles away or whatever. Oh, okay. This was You were were already grown up then. Yeah, this I said sixth grade, seventh grade maybe actually. Uh, But yeah, this was just sort of... I don't know why he was there, honestly. And he talks about inside a trade. He worked for... uh, I remember he, sick. he gave <laughs> us all his business card, oddly enough. Oh. Uh, 
And uh, he worked for Fidelity Investments. I remember oh, that. Oh, Jesus, the big old multo. Oh, that's that ain't, he didn't I don't even know call. any. I honestly don't know anything about them. I don't know if they've been caught in scandals. That would be hilarious no, no, if they no, have. They, uh, this is what it is. Fidelity is the number one mutual fund. They have thousands of mutual funds. Okay. And they have millions of employees, many of which work right up the road here in, in uh, Westlake where they have a big office. And they're all little guys that sit on a computer screen all day taking the calls, people calling in and saying, I want to buy a, a uh, mutual fund. Okay, okay. They're not really professional broker type people. Right, right. I mean, they got the same license, but they don't know how to really do anything. Yeah. All right. Well, it just for whatever reason, he he wanted he was telling us about the stock market, and then he mentioned insider trading, <laughs> and then we were all like, what the hell is that? And he said, uh, oh, I'm glad you asked. I brought a clip oh, from Wall dude. Street, and he That's showed. And honestly, I've never actually seen the movie. I've only seen that chunk, and and maybe I remember it badly. So I'm going to tell you what I remember was seeing, like, seeing a trading floor, and you see Charlie Sheen, and you see everybody doing the hand signals, and somebody walks up and whispers to Charlie Sheen, and he says, is that true? And the guy said, and the guy just gave him like a signal. And so he immediately turned around and told four or five different people to make a different move on some stock. Is that what happened in that scene? Yeah, but that was okay. not insider trading. But yeah, that's what happened. I don't know. I, I understand that the movie is about insider trading. Insider trading, trading was, a, was a spader. He being an attorney for a company that's getting ready to buy another company. Okay, yeah. So he he's giving Sheen information about this takeover, which is not public information as yet. Mm -hmm. And then that allows Sheen to, you know, take select people plus himself and trade on the long side of that purchase. Any, comp any company that's getting ready to get taken over, their stock goes up automatically. Yeah, well, that's why I sue. So, so I actually had the scene right, sounds like, because that's, you just told me exactly no, but I mean, what I when they, yeah, I know the scene you're talking about is when they're in the room with all the different brokers sitting around on the, on their Quotrons and they're talking to each other. They're just kind of hyping different stocks. The inside no, but what I'm saying is that the scene you're talking about, or rather the thing that you're talking about that happens in Wall Street, the scene where it happens goes down basically like you just described it, where... Spader yeah, says to Sheen, here's people. something, and then Sheen tells only certain people about it way ahead of time, and nobody else knows, and that's insider information, and he trades based yeah. on that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's weird. I don't know why the guy showed us that clip. Either. I don't know either. <laughs> but but that's all I saw of it. I just remember thinking. Particularly somebody that works for Fidelity, which is he's about as far removed as you would ever get from insider trading. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just When I saw that scene as a kid... I remember thinking, well, this looks like an incredibly boring movie. <laughs> Man, it won the Academy Award. Yeah, well, I'm just telling you, that's what I thought, because I was just like, okay, some jackass is talking about money. This looks terribly boring. And you I know, just Charlie never Sheen, went to go see it. It's funny how Charlie Sheen, when you look back, the guy played in some great movies. He played in Platoon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he really has made some good movies, but he's such a strange guy. But I think he's strange on purpose. You know, it's one of those. Yeah. It's yeah. a performance. Yeah. You no, know, it's a way to make a couple extra bucks. Well, the thing is, like, it's weird because 
it's he's not i mean it's not like he's a bad actor but like all of his performances as far as i'm concerned were forgettable like he's always you know <laughs> i mean I, I don't know like I, I, he's you know i mean he's hollywood royalty but his father is is an amazing actor i mean martin sheen to this day i mean in the departed he was just incredible uh but, but like I don't know. I can't think of a time where I was like, man, Charlie Sheen really took that movie away. He's just been in really great movies. But I wouldn't really say that you couldn't put somebody who was better than him in, you know, like or, oh, or I just, think that's definitely true. Yeah, he's not. You know, I mean, Same. he he doesn't yeah, add I mean, anything. Being, being Martin Sheen's child, I mean, certainly gets him good. Was getting him some good parts. There's no doubt yeah. about it. Absolutely, yeah. Because Martin Sheen played in uh, in Wall Street. No, oh, okay, okay. Well, see, the thing is, I know that Charlie Sheen himself, like his earliest move, his earliest memory of Hollywood was uh, was being on set for Apocalypse Now, and that's why he was all super pumped to do Platoon. I mean, the stories when he was like kind of all in the news and everything else like that, the stories that were coming out um, from different people were were. A lot of them were like he'd get just messed up on coke, and then he'd throw on this he'd throw on Apocalypse Now on this giant TV and start pointing at the screen and acting out all the scenes and just you know his dad almost yeah. died making that he had a heart attack a very yeah, serious yeah. heart attack there now and that's what his dad stopped doing uh, drugs and drinking and stuff or at least cut it out uh, a lot if not well, he entirely. he felt the pressure of Marlon Brando is what it was. Yeah, I think that's probably uh probably Marlon true. Brando was so godlike at that point in his life. He was just you know, to the other actors it was just, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, see that's the thing is is that it and I haven't seen say like on the waterfront or something like that, but I uh I huh. think that people my my age, my generation when they think of Marlon Brando, we think of him really just mailing it in. Apocalypse Now and Island Doctor Thoreau Superman. are the two. Yeah, those. Yeah, Superman, Island Doctor Thoreau. Well, that's all he was doing was making a check. I mean, the last. Oh, absolutely. He he did some Marlon Brando acting in Apocalypse Now. There's no doubt about it because he that whole scene with the rubbing the ball head and all that. That was all just a personal observation of his as the way he wanted to do the. Because he he can't remember his lines. I mean, he's, he he doesn't memorize his line so he has to kind of generally think about what he's what a guy that he's playing would say you know so he just kind of spews it out right thing. right but i could have been a contender movie which was the on the waterfront <clears throat> that now that's a movie right there Oof. that's true i mean actually i i left out uh unfortunately i left out godfather which is a silly thing for me to do so he was amazing obviously in godfather as well no, Streetcar Named Desire. I mean, did not he, see you know, that. Did made, not see that one. A lot of good movies. Didn't see that one. I'm just thinking, like in my head, I remember seeing Island of Doctor Thoreau, Superman, oh, obviously, God. and I didn't tough. see. Yeah, no, they were both. You know. <laughs> well, Superman was a good movie, but his role in it was forgettable. Oh, I'm talking about uh, the Island of Doctor Moreau was oh, terrible. Yeah, it was absolutely was, terrible. Uh, absolutely, that was embarrassing. <laughs> see, I saw that before I saw Apocalypse Now. So when I saw Apocalypse Now, I was like, is that all this guy does is sit in a chair and people come to him for advice? And like, you know what I mean? Because it's it, 
whoever made Isla of Doctor Doctor Thoreau was clearly like, we're just going to give him the Apocalypse Now role. He was really good in that. Uh, so I associated it backwards, which I think was the you know screwed it up for me. Uh, and then also, you know, when you come to it, Godfather the same way. He sits in the chair, and people come to him, and hey, you need advice. What about last tango in Paris? Also, didn't see it. See, you you need to write these down. These are all time movies that are just unbelievable movies. I'm giving you. I mean, I'm not just throwing out movies. I'm giving you. No, I know. Look, I've stuff. heard of all of these: Streetcar Named Desire, Last Tango in Paris, On the Waterfront, which I mentioned even. So I mean, it's like these are all about movies. One eyed. How about One Eyed Jacks? Never heard of that one. Westerns. Know. He made about six really good See, westerns. I'm not into westerns. I'm just not. You know what I think it is? Phoenix ruined westerns for me. Because Phoenix, <laughs> at least in the 80s. Sounds like a comedy skit. Yeah, you maybe walk it will out be. Of stage, you walk out <laughs> of the stage. Everybody's sitting there. You don't say hello or nothing. You say, Phoenix ruined westerns for me. <laughs> <laughs> Ah! Well, now it's going to sound like a bit. That's a gonna... comedy right there. That's a whole show right I, there. Well, I feel like it, this is going to sound like a bit, but what I was going to say is that, that in the <laughs> 80s, growing up in Phoenix, it seemed like, especially from people who would move there and not, you know, whatever, it seemed like all of Phoenix was, like, just trying to set up the town to look like a Western. You know, yeah. going to Rawhide. And then every time that I knew anybody whose parents like moved there from California or or some other you know place, they'd come to Phoenix and they'd put the, the stupid wagon wheel on their lawn, and they'd get turquoise about rocks. the bolo ties. They would wear those yes. bolo ties. Bo- oh my god! And I remember one time actually. Bolo ties. <laughs> Jesus God! I remember being at Sears with uh, with Aunt Karen. And uh, I think it was Aunt Gretchen was there as well. Whatever it was, we were all there, and they were looking around in Sears, and they got to you know the Phoenix lawn ornaments section or whatever. And I remember <laughs> them just being like, "Oh, I love this stuff," and all these different things. Like, don't you love this? And I was like, "I hate all of that. Every house is trying to look like an Adobe." And a- <laughs> Friggin' wagon wheel and the you turquoise the, rocks. The skeletal <laughs> head of a cow or something, yes. you know? Oh my god, yes. <laughs> yes, the the little Oh yeah, I remember that. God, that was terrible. And I remember them them going like, Don't you love this stuff? And I was like, Absolutely Phoenix not. I was like, you could not be more like just That's a classic typical You like, need to write that line down. You need to just spew that line. Where it's no connection to anything, you just spew out that line. It's funny. Everybody's going to laugh at that. Well, it, and I think it's funny because you know, <laughs> Nad, Dan. Uh, okay, I'm writing down Phoenix ruined westerns. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed that. Uh, that's a classic, man. When, that's when a great. That's Nad great. Had moved here from Prescott, which is kind of like a miniature Flagstaff. Oh, yeah, I know where Prescott yeah, is. Yeah, and and Nad's all about the Western stuff, and so was his, you know. And I was kind of like, why? And I'm thinking, you know, <laughs> it's like, oh, well, you came from, you know, trees and campgrounds and stuff. Like, you didn't come from the desert. Like, all I see is this crap, and I hate it. And I was to say, is the Sears thing is when Aunt, when Aunt Karen like looked at it and she was. All, oh, we'll have to get some of this for the house. And I was like, why would you do that? <laughs> and and she was like, well, I guess if you're around it all the time, it's not as special to you. And yeah. I just thought, is it special to anybody or are they just trying to fit in? 
Like, oh, they got it all going. I'm telling God, you, the the Adobe houses were killing me, and the <laughs> and the and the wagon wheel, yeah, and the cow skull, and the and the ah, <laughs> uh, and then they they do those things where it was like it was like a three foot creek, like intentionally start and stop the creek within a three foot space with a little stupid bridge over it. I was like, what what yeah. is what is, what, the, what is that? Oh, we had a person on our street that had a bridge in his front lawn. It's just a little bridge. It went from there to there. It didn't yeah. have any water or anything. It was just a little bridge. It went over like slightly different colored rocks. And you, what That's all doing? it was. Yeah, the rocks were, the, the, you had the pebbles instead of the grass. Yeah. It just, oh, it killed me. I was like, what are you doing? So, so whenever I've watched Westerns, I just felt like, you know, I could see this at Ride. I don't, I don't need to, I'm good. Like, <laughs> If I want to see a Western, I'll go to Rawhide and watch them jump out of the, the ghost town saloons and fall on a blanket. Well, you know, down in Tucson, you got the famous uh, uh, OK Corral thing. Yeah, I know. I know. You go and down there and watch them pull the guns out and they shoot and the cap pistols and all that. Yeah, they do that. That's what they do at Rawhide. Same thing. Rawhide, yeah. The same. And I remember Dad, actually, your father took me to. Um, Tombstone, Tombstone, Arizona. Yeah, well, that's where OK Corral is. Oh, okay. All right. And then, yeah, yeah. He, that's the only reason to go to Tombstone. There is no other reason. Yeah, yeah. He, he I remember he he took me there, and he was all ecstatic about because he loved John Wayne. Oh yeah. He was ecstatic about that place and walked me around all these different things, and I was just like, "Can we go?" Because I. I hate all this crap. Like, we have rawhide, you know. Like, I don't need to see. John Wayne had a ranch out there in south of Phoenix, between Tucson and Phoenix. John Wayne had a ranch where he used to shoot some of the movies. Ah, all right. Yeah, yeah man. Explain Dad's obsession with Tombstone, but he was, I mean, admittedly, much better ghost town than Rawhide because Rawhide was, you know, sort of a just well, a matter of fact, at Rawhide, Tombstone was actually yeah. a Boy town, you know, with the gunfighters and all that in real life. Yeah, exactly. And and you could actually go inside the 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 actual saloons yeah. and all these different. And they yeah. were they were just left as they were. Whereas Rawhide, it was just a storefront. You couldn't go in anywhere. I thought about all of that watching the series Deadwood. Yeah, you didn't watch it, I guess. Deadwood. Yeah, again, again, Phoenix. No, but it was not too. It was. Yeah, it was. You know different. what? Look, the moment I see more, it was more cosmopolitan. <laughs> I get it. The moment I see cowboy hats and saloons, um, you you, you can you can check me out. Every I'm, saloon in the cowboy I'm, movies exactly the same. You got the dancing whore yep, girl. Yep. I, you, you got can, the poker table, the barroom fight, the spittoon on the floor. I mean, it's all the same. It's always and, the yes, same. Absolutely. There's always, there's always, there's always guys at a poker table playing cards, and one guy walks in and says the wrong thing, and they all stop and look at him. Yeah. And then there's going to be a shooting. Swinging doors. Be, yeah. You ever notice yeah. they all have the swinging, swinging doors? Double swinging doors, <laughs> and then it's it's time where it's going to be a shooting. And then they go outside, and who's the fastest draw? And I just, oh, well, give me one a, my, One of my favorite jokes. Yeah, see, that's why I don't. That's the same reason why I hate back. This is a skit joke. Back to the Future Three. Uh, Here it comes. This is yeah. a cowboy's joke. Uh, you from you? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right, go ahead. I'm saying Back to the Future Three is also. I hated that movie because it was all westerns. The scene is one of those bars. Okay, there's a whole bunch of people in there. Okay, I'll see if I've heard this one before. Uh, go for it. One of them says, do you know that Big John is in town? Oh, no. 
what's going to happen? I don't know, but Big John's in town. If you see him, make sure you hit out of town because he'll shoot you for nothing, no reason at all. All of a sudden, they all turn, and the swinging doors open, and here comes this giant guy with guns strapped around. He's ammunition crisscrossed across his front, beard straggly hanging out with a cigar, hat all messed up. He walks up to the bar, and he pounds on a bar. He says, give me a triple. The guy's, yes, sir, yes, sir. He gives him a triple. So you want another one? Yeah, yeah, give me another one. Pounds on. Give me another triple. Gives him, he's looking around, you know. I mean, everybody's kind of cowering over in the corner. And uh, he says, hurry up. Get, hurry up. Bring that bottle here. And he says, well, sir. He says, can I ask you why you're in such a hurry? He says, I'm getting the hell out of here. Big John's in town. <laughs> There you go. That's a Marzoni joke. That's yeah. the best you can do. That's right there. I remember. Uh, I'm, better, I'm you, better at one where I have props. Uh, I remember now you mentioned Marzoni jokes. I'm thinking about jokes that Dad told me. Oh, God. He was a terrible joke teller. Well, I just. I, you know what it is? It's that I always. Well, let me hear one. I was I always thought of them as as Italian jokes, where I was like, I would tell people, like, "This is an Italian joke. You'll only laugh at your Italian," because yeah. to me, the only people who ever laughed at him was uh, people who were also Italian. Like every time he told it, it was around the family and stuff. Yeah. So there's two of them I can remember. Uh, one of them was uh, like a Don had uh, passed yeah. passed away. And uh, in his will, he wanted each of his three sons to drop $500 into his casket. And so at the funeral, the first son, he's, you know, he's crying and everything, and he goes to pay his respects, so he drops in $500 and walks off. And the second son is paying his respects, he's crying, drops in $500 and walks off. The third son walks up to the casket, grabs 1000 bucks, drops in a check for 1500 walks off. <laughs> That was that that's, was that's one. Um That was a swift Italian son. Uh so uh let me think. Oh yeah, yeah. No, there was the other one was was He had a million of them from being one of these guys that had to entertain customers. <laughs> he had jokes for days. He could tell them for days. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure. I'm, uh the other one was oh, oh, uh it was uh uh it was a guy was was at a bar and he was really drunk, and he kept falling out of his chair. And and the guy next to him said, "Hey man, I I think you've had enough. Let me let me take you home." And the guy says, "All right, I agree." So he kind of hobbles him out, you know, hoists him on his shoulder, hobbles him out, gets him in the car, drives him home, brings him up to the door, knocks on the on the door. Wife answers. She goes, "Hmm." And he goes, "Sorry, ma'am. I you know was at the bar with your husband. He he looked." really drunk i thought i'd bring him home she said well i appreciate that but where's his wheelchair oh gee now that's i don't like those kind of jokes i'm not that's into a... disability jokes okay, at all okay well here i'll tell you a bar joke that you will laugh at i think this is one of my this is my personal favorite bar joke because not oh only my is goodness it, not only is it hilarious but you should never say that before you tell a joke i didn't write the joke so i'm allowed to say that okay <laughs> It's hilarious, but it also gives you a good idea. 
So a guy is at a bar <laughs> drinking. <laughs> Very similar setup. This is why the other one reminded me. Guys at a bar drinking, just knocking back shots. Another guy's next to him, and he's drinking, sort of ignoring this guy next to him. And the and the real drunk guy goes, ah, God damn it. Ugh. And the guy looks over, and he's got a little bit of, you know, throw up on his shirt. And the guy goes, what's going on, man? And he goes, ah, I'm screwed. Nah, got a throw up on the shirt. Wife's going to kill me when I get home. And he goes, no, man, no, no. Here's what you do to get out of that. Put ten bucks in your shirt pocket. When you get home, tell the wife someone else threw up on your shirt and gave you money to have it dry cleaned. He says, "Ah, you thinking? That's a good idea. I'm gonna do that." So he gets home, <laughs> turns on the light, and the wife goes, "Uh huh. You got so drunk you threw up on yourself." He goes, "No, no, no." <sighs> Somebody else threw up on me, and 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 they even gave me ten bucks to have a dry clean. She she reaches into his pocket, she pulls out a twenty. She says, "Why is there a 20? He goes, "Oh yeah, he also crapped my pants." <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Sad. Oh, you don't me. hear people just telling straight jokes anymore. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. Now, I uh, speaking of people telling jokes, you need to put your name in the hat to be the host of the Academy Awards because they're now down to Ofa Winfrey. I mean, there's no comedy in Ofa Winfrey. I mean, let's, let's face it. Uh, yeah, yeah. She would fair. draw a big audience. I guess that's why they... You know, I mean, yeah. there's a big audience of people that would watch over. You're all getting Oscars! Yeah. But I like like Billy Crystal or somebody like that that did him. He did a number yeah. of them in a row. He was He's good. But I, I, Billy Crystal's like retired or something, isn't he? I mean, you don't, yeah, see, I don't, know. You yeah, don't he, see Billy you don't Crystal. don't see him anymore. Uh, he doesn't look good either. He looks kind of chubby and I, out I'm of. I'm surprised they've never tapped Robin Williams to do it, honestly. Yeah, Robin Williams would be good. I mean, they, see, last year they got so many criti- so much criticism for the two people they chose because neither one of them were funny either. But who did they have? Didn't they have like- they had Hathaway and that Franco? Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, because James Franco just, was high just, the whole time. That's what it was. Yeah, he was he running was, around with his head in the clouds or somewhere. Yeah, he was like super, super high. Yeah, it was something uh, going on. With yeah, that. yeah. I mean, I see. I don't ever watch the Academy Awards, so I don't really. But I'll tell you that hat that lives you're in Hollywood about. and doesn't watch it. In fact, if I lived in Hollywood, I would go to the Academy Awards. Oh yeah, because I can just walk up the road there and be like, "Hey, let me in." I've I've done well, some independent you know, movies. Wait, you go to StubHub. No, you I can, would never go to StubHub. You can get a ticket for anything in the world. They'll get you a ticket. Yeah, for 8,000 times the price. Yeah, well, they'll, yeah, there's a little markup. Yeah. yeah, a little bit, a little bit. So, uh, no, I'm good. I could, I, I could, I could walk down the street to the Academy Awards. I know that. And that's what I'm saying. You could dress up with your tux. Part of me in my head, I, I had this sort of like fantasy that, that I would stay in this apartment until I would be invited to the Academy Awards, and then it would be hilarious to walk down the street in a tux 
Yeah, it would. You know, from here to the Academy Awards be a real rags to riches kind of moment, you know. But uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I just, in my head, that would be cool. Uh, yeah. But putting my name in the hat of hosting Academy Awards, I, that is, that, that's one of those hats that if you find, you just struck the lottery. If I could find the hat to put my name in it. Well, you see, I think it would be cool of them to do that with a totally unknown person. You know, no no one knows who this person is except his only just his personal friends. I've had a theory about that for a while, actually, because it seems to me that, and I'm sure you've you've noticed this as well. You ever you ever see those people who are just suddenly famous? Colin Farrell comes to mind, right? Colin uh-huh. Farrell. It seems like. You know, he was in that phone booth movie that was delayed for three years after 9-11. And that was the first I'd ever heard of him. But then it got delayed. And in that time, he did like 20 movies. And I was like, who is this guy? And he's suddenly huge. And, of course, we haven't seen him since. But I keep... Well, he just made a serious movie. No, I don't know. I, I don't, It I just don't came out. Yeah, it's the one where his wife throws him out of the house and puts all his stuff on the front lawn. Oh, I'd have to see that. I don't know. Um, yeah, he, he was serious in that movie, though. It was not a comedy. But it does seem like there's people that are just suddenly sold to you, suddenly famous. And I and I keep saying, like, you know, if I could just... Yeah, but how did that happen is what I want to know. Well, exactly. I mean, I know, I know now from living in Hollywood and comedy and everything else like that that nobody's suddenly famous. But my thing has been for a number of years, I keep saying, you could... I mean, why don't you just pretend somebody's already huge and famous? Why Why go through the... You know what I mean? Like, if you could just find the right agent who knew the right guys, you could be that suddenly famous dude. Well, you know, Hollywood was that way, way back in the day. Yeah. I mean, they would they would discover somebody and stick them in a movie and nobody knew who the heck they were. Like uh, Robert... Uh, what's his name? The kid stays in the picture. Oh yeah, well now he was yeah he's the guy that would do that kind of stuff. He was a, oh yeah he played in uh, uh he played in a few movies as a young guy. Well, it's the saying he got into the business because he was swimming in a pool. Yeah, and, and a Hollywood actress came over and hit on him. And she that said, was a good I, little. Know. I didn't read the book, but that was a good little movie the way they did that. I didn't care. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I like anything about movies. I gotta admit. I mean, I, I just, would like it. I just don't like that he narrated it because you couldn't understand a single thing he said. Like, I, I had I to crank the volume up, and then suddenly he'd be yelling, and then he'd go back. <laughs> well, I understood it. You need to get your speakers fixed on your TV. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I, I couldn't take, like, the sound of him. Well, just, this is a guy who produced. Yeah, I know. I mean, Jaws and The Godfather. Yep, The Godfather and Rosemary's oh, Baby. Yeah, I would <laughs> put you in. Time it as a multi-billionaire, probably. <laughs> yeah. Well, Patton Oswalt, the guy I told you about before, who was the rat in Ratatouille, and he was in Big Fan, so you know who he is. Patton Oswalt's uh, first album, he did a bit, the last bit on the CD. What was the guy's name, by the way? Robert, uh, why can't I remember oh, his name? I know who you mean. Yeah, I don't know, whatever it is. The last Jolly McGraw, somebody. Yeah, I can't remember. I don't know why I can't remember his name, but he he said uh, his last bit on his CD was about him, about that Robert guy, who he says it's his personal hero, and he said he was the producer of Godfather and Jaws and Rosemary's Baby, which is ironic because he's also Satan, 
And then he <laughs> he goes no. this whole thing about how all the crazy drugs and sex and wild parties he had back in the day. Evans. Yeah, Robert Evans. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Bob Evans. So he says, and for some reason, ESPM hired him to do their spots. And so he, he was doing impressions of Bob Evans introducing the spots. None of them are appropriate for this podcast, but the basic idea was that he would tell a quick, weird Hollywood story. Yeah. And then he'd loosely tie it in with football where he, you know, and so he'd tell this really like, uh, you know, obscure, uh, uh, vulgar, you know, sentence. And I was he, told that the book that that movie was made out of was much better than the movie as far as being very explicit about things. He apparently. Well, what they did apparently is that he did an audiobook version of the thing. Um, oh. And when they did the audiobook version, somebody was like, we just need to throw this on a documentary. And they cut out a bunch of stuff to fit for yeah. time. But effectively, the documentary was him reading the book. I mean, he didn't do it the documentary. You know, Somebody. he actually sounded like he was reading. Yeah, exactly. You know, it was it was kind of a script thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, well, you know, uh, there's a, there's yeah. so many uh, things that go on in entertainment business that I I'm always taking note of. Uh, it, it is amazing how certain people just kind of pop up. I get right. Vanity Fair magazine, which is the only thing that I mean. It's one thing that no one that I know can believe that I read Vanity Fair. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we've talked about that before. Yeah, the cover of Vanity Fair is this—I <laughs> would say—slightly pretty, fairly flat-chested girl in a bikini, and I didn't recognize her at first. I mean, I didn't recognize her. Period. When I saw her, but then I read the thing about her, and I—I I, I remember now seeing her in a couple of movies. But this woman is coming out with four movies in the next 45 days, from July the 1st through the 15th of August. She's going to be in four movies. Wow. Who is this? Well, I'd have to go get the magazine because I don't remember her name. Do you remember any of the movies? I could look it up. Let me let me hold on real quick. All right. <clears throat> Where did you put the batteries? Now I had to find it in here. Well, let's see. The cover should have her name on it. This is the cover. Oh, you can't see. I don't have my camera. No. Emma Stone. Yeah, okay. I've heard the name. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's uh, Harry Potter, right? No, no. I'm thinking Emma Watson. Emma Stone. She's played in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, I was actually, that was the one I saw her in was. Uh, yeah, in my head, I was thinking, uh, I, that's the face I was thinking of the moment you said that, because... Let me hook the camera up so you can see this picture of her. No, no, I mean, uh, no, it's cool. I, I got her pulled up on IMDb, but I was thinking that that was the... What's, what's the name of the, uh, a movie she made recently? I saw Friends a movie. With, Friends with Benefits. What? Friends with Benefits. No. No, that was that's the one that's out right now, Friends with Benefits. Easy A... 
uh, Zombieland, maybe? Ghost no. Of, Ghost of Girlfriend's Past. Superbad, The House Bunny. I mean, she hasn't done much. It's all TV. Uh, uh, there was a movie that I happened I mean, I didn't realize she was in it. She wasn't a star in it, but it was mentioned in the article, and I remembered the movie, and I couldn't picture her in it. None of these none of these sound like anything you'd ever see, but Super Bad I did see, The Rocker, The House Bunny, Ghosts <laughs> Ghosts of Girlfriends Past, Paper Man, maybe Zombieland, Marmaduke, she was a voice that so doesn't count, Friends with Benefits, Crazy Stupid Love, Easy Crazy A. Crazy Stupid Love. Oh, okay. All right. Well, saw Well, see, I saw her recently in a trailer for I think it was Either Crazy Stupid Love or Friends with Benefits, one of those two, and then saw her in one of the other trailers, and I remember thinking, like, oh, that girl's really coming up. So when you said, when you were talking about this girl on the cover that, you know, suddenly is in all these movies, that was the face that came up, but I didn't know her name. Okay, now, here's the thing. I want to tell you something. You know, I have certain rules that are true Mm -hmm. from the movies. One of them is one that a friend of mine, Steve, came up with, and that is any time a person coughs in a movie, he's going to die. In the movie, if he coughs, he will die later on. It's like a sign of being sick in the movies. You, you cough first, and then you're dead. Okay. Well, the same is true with women who state publicly they are never going to do a nude scene. The thing that all those women have in common is they have no breasts. Okay. I'm thinking of, uh, what's her name, Durst? Kirsten Kristen Dunst? Yeah, she claimed that she will never oh, do... God, she's never... such a pile of crap actress. God, she, I, oh, my Lord. She, she's never going to do a nude uh, scene. No, she I no hope nude. she doesn't because I don't, I'm trying same to keep... Same is true with this girl. She's claiming she will never do a nude scene. And I can see why. I mean, she's nothing to see in a nude scene. Yeah, but the, the Dunst, uh, like... She's I, a big star you're talking oh about. Oh, God, she's terrible. Every time I've seen... Every time, like, I, like, if I'm watching a movie at home and she comes on the screen, I will rewrite all of her lines so that she ends with a hee-haw, like a donkey. Um, I just... I can't stand her. You know what it is? I I have a problem with... I I tend to have a problem with with girls who who I mean first off I have a problem with any actor or actress who says I will never blank in general yeah. because now you've shut that out and if, as a, as a female actress I, it's that thing where they go I will never do a nude scene and I I know in their head they're thinking I won't stoop to that level quote unquote but yeah. all, what I'm hearing is you're going to ruin a movie you're going to ruin a moment, moment for me not like in a sexual way, but, you know, it's like if you see a hot, sexy scene in a movie where you see, like, this passionate two lovers about to go at it. Yeah. And, like, he rips her shirt, and then the next scene, she's got a blanket up over her chest. Yeah. I- I'm like, really? You know, like, it's that thing where you, you just took me out of the movie. Because now I have to think. Now I have to take myself into the real world and go, why didn't she show her breasts? Yeah. Is, she, is that Was that in her contract? I don't want to think about that. It's I know, watch a movie. Really. If you saw, if you just saw the breasts, you wouldn't think of that. You'd just be like, "Hot scene, I like it. Passionate lovers going at it, blah." But you yeah, are now ruining real. the movie because you have this stupid. I don't want to show the boobies. 
And it's like, well, once you've done that, now you've ruined any scene that will involve somebody being topless in it. And actually, that girl specifically, she was in Superbad, and there's a scene where she's, uh, it's supposed to be her and the and this guy, you know, getting it on, and she's trying to show that she's a wild girl. And uh, the whole time, she's wearing panties and a shirt. Yeah. And I remember thinking, like, <laughs> what's that about? Like, you know what I mean? Like, again, yeah. took me out of the movie. And I was like, it, the only way I got away with it was I was like, well, I guess if she's supposed to be playing somebody who's underage, it might creep you out to see breasts. Because you'd be like, yeah. oh, she's 16. Yeah. I have no idea if she she might have been 16 at the time, for all I know. But Yeah, that's true. But, uh, yeah, I hope uh, something about that. Boobs, I don't but. know. I don't like, I actually don't enjoy those kind of scenes in movies anyway, to tell you the truth. Even I just still. it's very uncomfortable for some reason, yeah, but uh, particularly hey, for somebody hey. like that's a really great actress like Meryl Streep or somebody. I mean, I, I can't uh, I can't go there at all. Right, right. I, I but, just uh, I mean you know not only do I like to see him, but it's just it's still it's one of those things where if that's what the movie calls for, it takes me out of it. If I would expect to see nudity and I don't, like if you took. The two quick topless scenes in American Beauty, if you took those out of the film, it would have been very awkward. Like, it was very, it was important, like, the, the one girl, the daughter of uh, Kevin Spacey's character, when she stood in front of the window and she showed yeah. the neighbor. Now, yeah, oh, yeah. If you didn't see her topless, if they just cropped it, that would have been a very, I would have not really understood the scene at all. I, that would have taken me out of the movie because I'd be like, what am I missing? Well, and that was, you see, that was actually sexy the way they did that. Absolutely. But, you know, that's one of those, you needed to see her topless there because you needed to see what, because she was all obsessed with breast augmentation. She had body issues. You needed to see that. Yeah. And, she, and her showing that to the neighbor, her, her, her saying like, issues. that's what she was in the movie. That was her character. Her character had body issues. You, know, you should review movies. You, you call yourself Frank Frank, the movie guy. Where you're Frank, that's Frank. And you come on and someone says, you could say stuff about Kristen Durst and people that you think are ridiculous. Charlie Sheen is living off his dad, you know, all that kind of stuff. You just kind of spew it out. I mean, you'd be like the talk of the town. Of course, you wouldn't uh, be I don't know. public because somebody would probably shoot uh, you. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, no, way, but I don't just, think. I, by the way, I, I want to make it clear. I'm talking about her character in the movie. I understand. They, they showed her having body issues. She was very clear I about that. <laughs> I don't think. I thought she had a great body. I had no problems with it. I'm saying that her character in the movie was a girl with was a body was a high school girl with body issues. So her a lot of girls that age have body issues. Oh, you absolutely, know, they... absolutely, yeah. But I, you into, know, her showing the neighbor like I wanted, me, I wanted to ask you what you so, think of. I'm always amazed by these stories. In fact, I wish they would follow the stories closer so they'd be more detailed. All right. But I guess you saw in the paper or on the line where somewhere in the next last 48 hours they arrested a guy jumping the fence of. Um, the black girl that's real sexy that played in... Uh, in Halle uh, Berry? Huh? Halle Berry? Halle Berry. He hopped the fence of Halle Berry's house. I did not. No, it's and oddly enough, I, I caught a... On the front lawn. I caught a snippet of a story... 
But like, I, I'm thinking, I mean, just think about that for a minute. It was a 27-year-old guy. Well, wait, wait, I was going to say. What well, is thinking? Wait, before you get into that, what I was going to say is that I had seen about, I think it was like a week ago, when I was just looking for random articles to talk about on my other podcast, I had seen a snippet where it said Halle Berry, it was like a quote from her where she was like, I'm really worried about this stalker because he had gotten her phone number or something like that. And she had to change Same her phone guy. number. Yeah, I figure it is. And so I'm saying like, it, like, it's weird to me that all I saw was she was worried about the stalker. And now clearly she has reason to be worried about the stalker. Yeah, but think about the guy. Place. What is this guy going to do? I mean, what is he going to rape her or something? What What is he doing? I mean, this yeah. is not the... I mean, he jumps the fence of a secured well, home of a movie star. Did you think he's, she's going to fall in love with him or something? I mean, what, what, what's well, going what on? Was, uh, what was, uh, what's his name thinking when he shot Reagan to impress Jodie Foster? Yeah, well, and the guy that killed uh, John Lennon. I mean. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, uh, that, was, that was directly uh, I'll yeah, kill John just Lennon. Wonder, you wonder what that is. There's a very... There was a, I mean, there's, there's, it's like the, the, the reason that Michael Jackson wrote Billie Jean was about a woman who was stalking him for years, claiming she had his child and stuff. And, you know what I mean? All this different stuff. And, like, you know, why won't you watch your, your son and all this different thing? And there's, so a, she stalked Michael Jackson and ended up having sex with him? No, no, no. He wrote the song about that girl because she, I mean, he'd never even met her. But she was out there claiming, like, oh, we had a child together when you were 11 or something. You know, some ridiculously young age where it was like, there's no way yeah. that would be his kid. And uh, and so that's why... Is old uh, him? Uh, I don't know. I think so. But I know that the... Yeah, I mean, I guess you'd have to be, yeah, because the child was... Based on the age of the child she was claiming was his, he would have had to impregnate her when he was, like, 10 or 11. Now, by the way, I, I'm going to have to go now. It's 10 minutes to 9, but I want to mention Harrison Ford. Today's his birthday, 69. Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford, if you think of the body of his work, he has to have made and continues to make millions of dollars a week. Oh, easy. He played in all of Star Wars mm -hmm. and all of the Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. And then he played that series where he was the CIA operative. They made like four movies out of that where he was, uh, they were based on a books. Not, uh, not, uh, oh, what's the one? The, the, the running one? Yeah, God, what was it called? No, no, I was thinking of the one that was based on a TV show. No, yeah. he, he just, he made those four movies where he was the same character in, in the four movies. He's in the new Cowboys and Aliens film that's coming out. Yeah, I see that. that I saw that. Looks good. That, that looks good. That looks, that looks like that's not going to make it. That I don't, I can't have aliens attacking <laughs> on horseback. I just can't handle that. <laughs> well, you know, I, you know, I'll give John Favreau. John Favreau is a good director and it's his movie. So I'll, is I'll, it? Yeah. So I'll bet you it's probably going to be pretty decent. Might be decent. If they do it as a comedy, it's probably is funny. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, I'm sure they'll. It's on like an end of the whole West or something. <laughs> it's the only Western I'll see. See, it throws yeah, the spaceships in there, and I'll, I'll be like, see? all right, well, there's no spaceships in Phoenix. We're good. <laughs> anyway, so. All right, story. I gotta go now. Right, it's right. Almost nine o'clock. We stuck to movies the entire time. <laughs>
That's good. We the, the like movies it. are a good thing because they're healthy to talk about and they're fun. Absolutely. As long as I don't ever have to see Kirsten Dunst naked, we're good. That's it. I hope she never does a nude scene. Well, she said she's not going to. Well, I mean, good. Well, then she should never ever get her clothes off for anybody, public or private. Now, by the and way, she I'm working. Stop acting. A, I'm working on a book group similar to my movie group. Oh. You know, Dad's joining a book club. The difference is with books, you have to kind of categorize them. You know, you can't really compare a favorite nonfiction to a favorite fiction. You know what I mean? You can't really. Yeah, yeah. There's no way to do that. Yeah. So that makes it complicated. I may not even do it after a while. Yeah, there's still genres, though, just like there are in movies. So yeah, yeah, you could you could do something. I, I'm trying to make it interesting, but I, I so far have not succeeded in the interesting part. So we'll see what happens. That's why book clubs died out. Go, All right, up, be careful who you're talking to out there. Of course. Who stops you on the street? Not like uh, you don't pick up hitchhikers, I'm sure. No, no, I don't do that. No, I'm good. I've had a, I've had an interesting week. I got to uh, on, our, on the other podcast. I got to our guest was a a, a childhood legend of mine, so it was kind of cool. Childhood legend. Nobody would have heard of, but his name is Kid. Yeah. Kid and Play. Did you ever hear House Party movies and stuff? Oh. Yeah, it was a it was like a rap group and. Uh, it was cool. He came out. We did the full two-hour show. Then we did three hours of bonus material. And then we shut off the podcast, and he still hung out for another two hours after that. And my friend just texted me saying that he wouldn't shut up about it when he got home. He was like, man, he, he, just, he was so impressed with the whole operation. He wants to work on some stuff coming up. And I was just, so I'm like, all right. And he's a voice actor. So, uh, you know. Yeah. It it helps to know these people. Yep, yep. Could be fun. Could All be right. Fun. All right. So uh, I'll talk to you soon, Dad. Uh, good show. Uh, love you, and we'll talk again soon. Okay. Be careful. All right. You too. All right. Good night. All right. Good night.